Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And joining me today is Laura Williams. Laura is the founder of Williams HR Law and Williams HR Consulting. She works in the in the world of human resources, and she understands the importance of purpose. And that's Indeed. why we're getting here together. Um, Laura, welcome to the show. Why, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Paul. I'm thrilled to be here. I am thrilled that you're joining me and that we get to have a conversation for a few minutes. Now, Laura, you do a lot of training and consulting yes. in the leadership world, yes. and uh, especially in the HR space. Yes. And you've discovered some things that I think we might have in common. Mm-hmm. Laura, tell us a little bit about your journey, who you are, and how you got to where, where you are today. Can you give us a little introduction there? Oh, for sure. So, you know, in terms of who I am, so, you know, for years, I've been kind of in the HR space for uh, 20 some odd years. You know, I would originally identify as being an HR lawyer. And I was with a firm uh, and law is practiced very reactively. So a problem comes, the lawyer is the kind of the resource of last resort that any organization wants to contact. Um, But, you know, particularly people management issues bringing, being so derailing to organizations, eventually, you know, the call comes to the lawyer and uh, we would react. And then we would just be revisiting the same problems with the same clients uh, because our practice was was from and still is from the employer perspective. So for me, it felt like uh, Groundhog Day a bit. Uh. And and uh, I really didn't feel we were providing value. So eventually I um, left that partnership and started out uh, Williams HR Law. This is before Williams HR Consulting with essentially the focus on because human behavior is somewhat predictable and we see things happen in patterns, why don't we bring value by helping organizations get their minds around how they can be preactive to preempt the derailment that people management issues cause? So from that, I started to, to recognize that, you know, really a lot of people management issues in the workplace are come from the fact that, you know, the leaders aren't very strategic when it comes to HR and calibrating people to the organization's strategic goals. It's an afterthought. Mm. So the goals don't really uh, align with the people or the experience the people are having in the workplace. So from that, I started to uh, you know, develop some material and keynoting around you know, kind of the leadership philosophy when it comes to HR. Really, and how do you get businesses, organ- uh, businesses um, attention is when you start talking about cost and risk. So as a lawyer, right. I had the authority to bring that message. But the true message I was really hoping to, and value I was hoping to bring is, you've got to have your people in mind first, because if they understand the organization and its purpose, the organization stands a far better chance of meeting and achieving its organizational and, and strategic objectives. Uh, so that's a little thumbnail. 
You know, I've, I've often had conversations with my clients yeah. about when, when you have a strong enough why, yes. you can yeah. figure out how to do all the hard hows yes. that come up along the line. Yes. And this is what you're finding as you work with organizations too. You get their attention talking about costs and risk and yeah. all those really nice attorney things. Yeah, that gets me through the door. <laughs> yeah. But once you got their attention, you want to get yeah. down now to the basic fundamental principles behind this. And a lot of it is about purpose. Yes. Yeah. And oftentimes what's been happening increasingly is employers are so caught up in wanting that accolade of having the best culture, being the best employer. So they don't put a lot right. of intention and thought around how to cast their values or their their vision as it's communicated to their people. They just want to check the box so they can get that accolade. And they think by having that badge of best employer, as it's a kind of almost like become a competition, mm. that they're going to be able to attract top talent. But what happens is you attract the talent and the talent experiences the disconnect between what's thrown up on the wall as this is what we stand for and the experience that the employees live in. Right. Mm. And so you have that attrition that is constantly something that employers don't want because, again, it's derailing and it's costly. So, right. you know, particularly when you're looking at generational de- demographics these days, the younger generations, they want to they want to find meaning in the work that they're doing. I mean, let's face it, we generally spend a disproportionate amount of our time at work. So the work has to be meaningful and in alignment with our own. Sometimes we've recognized it, but it's an innate sense of purpose, like feeling that we're in our lane. And uh, so mm-hmm. that's the, really the messaging that I've been kind of honing over the years through observation, frankly, of being in the field. I'm remembering a cartoon that I saw years ago, Laura. It was um, two, two guys hanging from ropes against a, a cliffside. And, and they were chiseling away at this granite. Yeah. They just whack, quack, quack. And, and the one guy was complaining and just feeling... You know, like, this is really, really hard. And he says, I just, I, I hate that I have to just chisel away at stone all day long. And the other guy, he's all bright and cheerful. And, and he's like, oh, well, I, I'm building a cathedral. You know, he had this greater purpose in mind yes. for the menial, very redundant task that he was doing. And that, that came to mind as you were talking about the impact of understanding an organization's purpose yeah. and, and, and how that can so drastically affect the experience of the people working in that organization. Yes, and drastic, drastically impact the organization's ability to meet its objectives. Right. Right, and that's the, that's the win-win that leaders need to get, right? Because that's the, what's motivating. If they're the only ones who are, you know, sitting in their corner office somewhere, yeah. uh, understanding the bigger picture, but everybody out there chipping away at the granite has no idea what they're up to, uh, there, there will be that. I think you used the word disconnect yes. earlier. Yes. Disconnect from the purpose of the organization and therefore from the energy of the labor that's required to actually pull it off. And you use a key word, the energy. Right, mm. the fuel, 
right, to actualize those objectives that the employees want fulfillment in the work they're doing and the organization wants results that they can benchmark against the objectives that have been set. That's right. Right. So, again, there's no greater win-win. I love to ask ask my guests yes. uh, some of the background here because I don't think, Laura, that you just some, somehow magically just knew all this. No. You've had some kind of a journey that has brought you here. Can I just ask you, what are some of the key experiences that you've had that have taught you what you so powerfully share now with organizations and audiences Well, I've had an experience um, that was very compelling, and that was, you know, working in an environment myself, where when I started out, I was very energized. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a bit of a commute. I didn't mind doing the commute. But when I started feeling disengaged, disconnected, uh, the commute became a big deal. The only way it could be described to me is that a member of my team came into my office and sat down and said, do you mind if I tell you something? Like I, I really, it's been burning to, for me to tell you this. And I really want you to understand. I said, sure, go ahead. And she said, it looks like your pilot light is going out. Ooh. And that scared the heck out of me. Because wow. the notion, because that's what I was feeling. Now, if it's something that can now be perceived by, by someone's naked eye, as they say, Houston, we got a problem. Ah. So I really took that to heart and made some uh, changes because I'm wired like most people are, but I find I'm profoundly wired that I really am fueled by doing what I love and I need to feel like I'm in my lane. Right. And so much so that, you know, I went through a period of time where I started to question like what puts me in this lane. Right. And I was at this business course and there was a uh, sales guru, guru there that was taking us through some, sales uh, training and concepts and he essentially said look the best way to sell anything is to understand and be in total alignment with your core story right so he said really think about it we were given about half an hour and we were in table groups and we were brainstorming and it came to me that you know my father was a professor of sociology but his real focus in terms of his discipline was organizational behavior. Uh-huh. So table talk growing up was all in, and, and also in an era where you were seen and not to be heard. Uh-huh. Right? So it wasn't like you were all exchanging stories. We were getting a lecture. He was a professor. Remember? Uh-huh. So, right. so he used to talk about organizations and I realized over time that that really um, developed and created in me a drive to, understand and to help and bring value to organizations. So the lane initially was law, but then as an entrepreneur and understanding the challenges that organizations have when it comes to people management and HR issues and how, you know, it's what the number one thing that you, a lot of organizations complain about, uh, you know, that and also having the experience as an employee all kind of crystallized for me to understand that you know, this is a message that I want to hone and, and develop and, and to bring value to organize. Right. Right? That's a tidbit of the journey. I love that you shared that, Laura, because I, I, I think this is true for all of us. We have this path that brings us to where we are. Yes. And your path included 
a father who, who turned on the lights for you about the importance of organizational dynamics. Yes. And, and then also an experience as an employee, shall we say, in, in the rank and file of, of what moves our economy and experiencing that disconnect. And when you shared that this, this coworker told you the pilot lights going out, you got to have your pilot light on Laura. <laughs> you need oh, your man. pilot light, Dr. Paul, let me tell you. Well, I t- and I woke up this morning here yeah. in my home in Utah. It was 25 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Wow. Uh, that's pretty darn chilly. Yeah. And if the pilot lights out on my furnace, we're going to be kind of uncomfortable. 100%. At that point. 100%. So that, that image is really resonating with me, particularly this morning, Laura. Yeah. Listen, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning, at least in the mindset where you have hope that you can, you know, withstand the day and the challenges that they, the day will bring. And also that you can bring some value, you know, not only to your immediate circumstance, but really your value to everything around you, right? Yes. That's my mindset. So that somehow the world is a little better when you go to bed than it was when you woke up. This is the hope. <laughs> I love the way that you've queued that up for us, Laura. As we come back from this break, I would love to dig into some of the practical strategies or applications that you've discovered as you've worked with with leaders and others in that HR space around the topic of purpose. Does that sound good to you? Perfect. Happy to. Everybody, this is Laura Williams today at Live On Purpose Radio, and we will be right back. Do you dream of making a bigger difference more of the time? Have you thought about life coaching as something that you would like to offer? If you are an influencer or a speaker or a leader or a coach, this webinar is for you. In this webinar, I'll share with you seven important clarities that are absolutely essential to setting up a successful life coaching practice. If you're ready to take some courageous steps to add life coaching to the services you offer your clients, register now at liveonpurpose.coach forward slash webinar. That's liveonpurpose.coach dot com forward slash webinar. And we're back with Laura Williams today at Live On Purpose Radio, who is illuminating the obvious. <laughs> yes, yes. This is what I love about my job, Laura, because um, there are obvious principles out there, but we don't always notice them because we get caught up in our own thinking or our programming or whatever. One of the obvious things I picked up from you in the first part of the show is that organizations are populated by people. And the people, obvious. Ding, ding, ding. Ah, hmm. oh, well, what do you know? Yeah. And as you were sharing your story, I love that you had the experience of disengagement. Oh, yes. That pilot light was fading. We don't want it to go out because it's going to be cold out there. Yeah. You don't want that to go out. And and that was a little bit of a wake-up call to you as you said, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. 
and in a lot of ways put you on a path that has now led to you helping other people keep their furnaces hot mm-hmm. and burning. Yes. So that there's engagement with, with the people in the organization. Yes. Anyways, is that a fair summary for what we've covered? That's today? a fair summary. I mean, the one thing that just to clarify, to be accurate, is my disengagement experience, actually, I was one of the leaders in the organization, which made it even more profound. Because I was frustrated that I couldn't even affect change in that organization. So for me, uh, wow. yeah, it was very profound. Yeah. Now, I'm hoping, mm-hmm. because I know you at least this well, I'm hoping that you've got some ideas about practical solutions for for re-engaging, for keeping that energy, as we talked about, that energy level up. Yes. And it has something to do with purpose. Walk us through this a little bit. If, if I'm a leader in an organization, as you were at that time, I didn't realize you were in a leadership position at that time too. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you found are some practical steps that can help to turn that around? Well, it's interesting. And you, you really gave me a good lead in by say, talking about the obvious. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to creating a uh, workplace that's on purpose, mm-hmm. right, where there's that level of engagement because employees are driving meaning from the work and they see their part and how they're contributing to the organization's objectives, you know, it, it really is basic stuff. It's fundamentals. And, you know, I find when I do training on this that you get the kind of glazed over initially of the, well, yeah, yeah, we know this, but organizations don't do it. So what are some of the, the nuts and bolts? Essentially being very, very well defined and intentional around what the organization's objectives are, what it stands for, right? And for organize, for employees to you know, really rally around a purpose and feel connected to a purpose has to be more than just about the organization. It's about what does the organization's mandate or objectives bring to either the industry, uh, how is it perhaps helping a region, the community? It, it should be broader than just the four walls of whatever that uh, that business is. So that, or, so yes. that, you know, the employees can feel purposeful beyond just, their immediate environment. Very key. Because oftentimes businesses are providing value. They just don't, and they, they, they mean to provide value, but they fail to articulate that to the very people that are bringing those objectives to fruition. So that's the first thing. So once you have that yes. well, do you want to jump in? Uh, the thought that I had is that yeah. sometimes, sometimes there's a perception among the rank and file of the people who are actually doing the work that this is about the bottom line. Yes, absolutely. And that is so selfish in terms of an organization. It is. And the truth of the matter is that, um, yes, there has to be a bottom line focus because the the business has to be calibrated so you can pay your people and you can incentivize them beyond what maybe what perhaps what the market is offering, right? Because that's part of attraction and retention, right? Yes. However, and again, as I mentioned earlier on, that's how I get the attention of the folks in the room too, the leaders, by correlating it to risk, risks of not paying attention to this stuff and the hard costs when you find yourself reacting yeah. to a situation. But uh, the, the truth is that it's, it's much more than that, right? Mm-hmm. And it, the lens, and it has to be communicated much more broader than that. But a key, yes. a key basic is communication. 
right? Because for those organizations that do take the time to even define the purpose, the value, the mission, the vision, right? The, the, the contribution that the organization is making, they fail to communicate it in a way that really has any uptake and, and fail to communicate also what the expectations are of the employees that are part of this machine to mm. bring these organizations to, to, to fruit, as I mentioned before. So, you know, it's, that's a very, very key piece. And the mindset has to be setting up the, uh, the employees for success from how even they're onboarded to the experience that they have throughout the working at the organization to also, you've got to think about when they're leaving because how employees leave as well is very important to that employer's brand and their ability to attract and retain good talent and talent to stay on track in terms of meeting its, all, its objectives. So communicating, really defining and communicating clearly what is the, the ethos, the, the value that the organization uh, is, is bringing through its objectives is very key. And who is impacted by that? Because you said earlier, Laura, yeah. that it's much bigger than that. Yes, we got to pay attention to the bottom line. Yes. But the bottom line is simply a reflection of how much value are we creating? Yes. And for whom? Yes, indeed. And if Absolutely. we all understand, like you said, communicate clearly. Who yeah. are the people that we're serving and how are we impacting their lives and the quality of life on the planet here? Because that will then create our bottom line. Yes. And organizations that do that well, they, it, it's difference making in terms of their position in their industry, in terms of the sustainability of whatever their, their good or product or services. I mean, it, it just makes a huge difference. Laura, could this be as simple as let's get clear about who we're creating value for and, and let's communicate that clearly to our teams? Yes. yes. Because then they know that they're building a cathedral. They're not just chipping away at granite. Yes. And again, when you really talk about where the rubber meets the road, it's making sure that that's embodied in your you know, your offer letters. So from the time that, well, even from the time that you're advertising or you're you're recruiting, so your recruitment process has to communicate these themes, give the candidates an understanding of the organization they're joining. The onboarding process, Mm. the themes and the, the value has to be communicated right throughout and making sure that the expectations of the responsibilities of that individual's role and the connectedness of the responsibilities to the organization's kind of raison d'etre, the reason why the organization exists, if you can finesse that, then you're going to have some powerful employment relationships that are going to drive the organization to what it's defining as success. I just remembered something, Laura. Okay. And it has to do with you being like this attorney person. Okay. Don't know what Guilty as charged. <laughs> There's jokes about you folks, you know. <laughs> We're talking about things that I get so passionate about as a psychologist. And I focus on, some people call it the touchy-feely, the soft science. You're coming at it from a perspective of, of human resource and legal issues can you just give us a little insight about how connecting with purpose protects you from risk? Mm. That Because you've got this mind that's 
you're, you're so passionate about this, Laura, but I know that you see that there are very practical consequences. If, if we don't pay attention to the purpose, would you agree that this raises the risk of an organization for a number of things? It does. Because leaders that have the philosophy that the people are just aren't uh, of value or the people aren't, and when I say people, the employees that are driving whatever the objectives are, if they don't really value them in terms of the experience that they have and ensuring that they derive meaning from in their work, then there's all different types of fallout that can ensue, right? Mm -hmm. Usually those organizations, they're not on the stick when it comes to ensuring that they're compliant with the laws that you know, create the entitlements for the employees or protections within the workplace. So they're at best sloppy in that regard or negligent. Mm. Uh, and so there's risk there. Um, there's, you know, and that, that's the hard risk and, and legal risk. But then there are the other risks yeah. with respect to not fulfilling the organization's mandate or objectives because you've got these lofty corporate uh, or, uh, yeah, corporate strategic goals that you haven't factored your people into. Okay, so there's a risk of attrition, there's a, there's a risk of not meeting what you're setting out to meet, because again, you haven't been mindful of the fact that you've got to really have your people top of mind and integrate them into how you're going to meet and fulfill the goals. It's got to be more than just lip service too. I've, I've talked to CEOs, and it really, if you ask any CEO or Thursault, what's the most important asset in your organization? They'll say, it's our people. You got to do more than say it. Yes. It's got to show up in the way that you interact with and communicate with those people. They're not commodities. They're not assets. They're people. And and I always follow up because I hear that all the time because that is kind of the buzz response. And the follow-up question is, okay, so how do you communicate to your people that they're important to fulfilling whatever the the corporate objectives are? Mm. Right? And that's where you get a lot of, uh, uh, you know, well, we do this, so we do that. But it shows that it's not an intentional or strategic um, kind of yeah. focus of the company. Like a core part of their culture. Yeah. Yeah. Because if it was, you, would, you wouldn't even have to ask the question. That's right. You'd, you'd see it and other people would tell you about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And, 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 and importantly, yeah. Your people living that experience in the organization, they're your greatest ambassadors because we're in the social media era. And, you know, employees are very focused on either boasting about where they work. So one of the key engagement metrics is the pride of association with the brand that you work for, or they will bash. Oh, and they will bash. And they they will bash, for sure. So, you know, if if you're not motivated by some, you know – pure virtue of wanting to make sure your employees have a great experience. There's a lot of other motivators that you should be paying attention. Right. So Laura, this has been an energizing and fun conversation. I know that some of our audience will want to connect with you or follow you, or maybe even bring you out to speak. You are a certified speaking professional. Uh, CSP folks is a designation in the national speakers association that shows that she knows what she's doing when you put her on the stage and give her a microphone. 
and uh, between keynotes, trainings, other things like that. Where can people connect with you, Laura? Well, I have, as I mentioned to you, a book that's in the works that's going to be speaking about um, kind of the leader mindset and the direct and the correlation between uh, that HR philosophy and risk and cost and uh, talking about developing a people strategy and how to develop an effective people strategy. So that's coming out shortly. But beyond that, I'm on LinkedIn. Our website is williamshrlaw.com as well as williamshrconsulting.ca. And, um, you know, we're fairly active on social media with respect to just, you know, giving some advice and strategies to employers with respect to people management issues generally. So we can connect with you on LinkedIn. That's Laura Williams. And the website is williamshrlaw.com where people can, can find you and reach out to you and connect with you and create some value together. Yes, absolutely. Laura, thank you so much for joining us at Live On Purpose Radio today. Thank you so much, Dr. Paul, for having me. I appreciate it. It's a great conversation. Folks, pay attention to your people and let's lead these organizations on purpose as well. Now it's your turn to go live on purpose.